It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, Chad. Tonight, Michael Saunders has two home runs. He's driven in six. It's 11-2 for the Jays in Baltimore. In the top of the sixth inning, should mention Jose Bautista. He's going to be out. He's on the 15-day DL. Sprained his left big toe last night, running down a catch in the outfield. CFL preseason action tonight. Later on, Calgary will play BC. Toronto and Montreal, it is 3-1 for the Argos in the second quarter. And Hamilton taking it to Ottawa tonight, 28-3, that one late in the second quarter. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. This is Inside Sports on 630 Ched. My name is Reed Wilkins. Colorado Avalanche defenseman Nick Holden coming up in about half an hour and we'll tell you uh, Nick involved in a very special in- initiative Sports Central here in town of course Mark Spector is a big sp- uh, part of that as well they're doing a lot to help out the community of Fort McMurray and keeping uh, to keep their sporting programs going after the fire went through that town Euro 2016 today Spain will move on to the next round they beat Turkey 3-0 Italy tops Sweden 1-0. The Czech Republic and Croatia tied 2-2. All right, tomorrow at Commonwealth Stadium, at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium, it is the Edmonton Eskimos hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and Rod Peterson is the play-by-play voice of the Rough Riders on CKRM in Regina. Rod, welcome back to Inside Sports. You're on with Reed. How are you doing, man? Good, Reed. Good to hear from you. How's your weekend going? Uh, my weekend is 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 looking is looking good. I'm looking forward to going to the Porkapalooza Festival tomorrow on my way nice. to Commonwealth Stadium to check out the game. So some barbecue, meat, and football sounds like a great day. <laughs> the two were were made to be together. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you are making the first of three trips to Edmonton in the next uh, what? You got one in June. You got one in July, and you got one in. August. So if the Eskimos wanted compensation for Chris Jones leaving, maybe they get it in the form of three visits from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, no kidding. You know, we've obviously been talking about that. The Eskimos led the CFL in attendance last year. I think they beat the Riders by about a 1,000 fans when all was said and done. Uh, there's going to be a big crowd tomorrow. But, you know, when it's Chris Jones' return, he today was surrounded by reporters here at our hotel in downtown Edmonton. And I don't know if you've heard the audio yet or not. But Just played very, it. Uh, polite. Yeah, very polite, very obliging on his return here to the City of Champions. But I don't know that across this country, fans are just kind of waking up to the fact that CFL's back and playing. I think by I think it's week three when the Riders come to visit Edmonton for real. Mm-hmm. That's when I expect things will, re- the blood will be boiling. If people are as upset about Chris Jones leaving as I think they probably should be, but most of the people I talk to say they're just thankful for what he did in his time here and uh, wish him well. That's some people. 
You know what, Rod? Usually I wouldn't do this, uh, but it's noteworthy. I just want to go back to an earlier story we're following. Michael Saunders just hit his third home run of the game. <laughs> the Blue Chase are up 13-2 in the sixth. I don't know if you got it on in your hotel room or wherever you are, but I thought that was worth throwing in because that's an otherworldly performance tonight. Uh, well, but... Blue Jays are back. Let's see how long it lasts, but this is what we expected. Actually, I got, I got TSN showing me the Owls and the Argos on one, and I'm watching the Ticats Red Blacks on Facebook Live on uh, my computer here. So I've got a CFL buffet going here today. Well, you got you got to follow it. You're calling the games. Back to Chris Jones. We did play his availability right before the 7 o'clock news, and my experience with him, and I wasn't around him as much as, as David Morley, but obviously I, I hear all his interviews, and he's on our he would be on our station at halftime during the home games. I mean, he's very much a guy that if it's not related to that day's practice and that week's football game, he doesn't really want to talk about it. Is that how he's, he's been coming across in Regina so far? Well, for the most part, yeah. That's why I was surprised that he spent as much time talking about his time in Edmonton today as he did. I'm just getting to know him myself. So <laughs> whatever comes out of his mouth is generally a surprise for me. But, you know, you got the sense from listening to that that he – certainly enjoyed his time here in Edmonton, uh, but this job in Saskatchewan was one that he simply couldn't turn down. He doubled his salary. He's got complete control of football operations, and although he's got a resume of a guy that kind of jumps all over the place because he's been in Toronto and Montreal and Calgary and Edmonton, now Saskatchewan, he's told me, and we've only probably had 10 minutes of one-on-one time since he took the job, but he's told me he wants to be the general manager and coach in Saskatchewan for a long time, and that suits the Ryder Nation just well because he, uh, he clearly knows what he's doing. But as far as his, his dealings with the media, you know, we, we, we had this holdout situation with the number one overall pick this year. You probably were aware of that, Josiah yep. St. John, who was asking for the most money in the history of the Canadian Football League for a Canadian draft pick. And that's one thing Chris simply would not address. His assistant GM, John Murphy, talked about it quite a bit, but Chris wouldn't wouldn't speak about it. And as the general manager, that's a little bit surprising, but you can't blame him for saying, I'm only going to talk about the guys that are here, not the guys that aren't here. But I think the Riders would like to have St. John in their lineup, given the way some injuries have happened and the ratio shaping up. But it doesn't look like that's going to be resolved anytime soon. Yeah. Rod Peterson, play-by-play voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, joining us on 630 Chet. You know, it's interesting talking about Jones, because to me he's a very interesting personality. And listening to him again today, I'm, I'm kind of picking apart this this conversation, but it is interesting that he's, that he's back in town and he, and he talked and everything. Every question he's asked... He said, well, you know, I have coached here as a visitor before. Well, I went through a defensive overhaul in Calgary. He is, he is so prepared. He always finds an a, a incident in his past that he can use to help him in the present. And if, Or if you ask him about game planning, he won't necessarily tell you what he's game planning, but he'll reference watching film, preparation. I mean, he is the ultimate guy who wakes up in the morning and says, nothing is going to catch me by surprise today because I spent the last day, week, month, whatever, preparing for today. You can't catch him with anything because he works 21 hours a day. Right. <laughs> and some of the holdovers, and I don't mean he's awake 21 hours a day, he's working 21 hours a day. And when we had the camp down in Florida the first week of April, there's a lot of holdover staff from the prior regime in terms of our you know, medical people, our equipment people, video people, that kind of thing. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, we can't keep this up. This isn't sustainable. 
the amount that Chris Jones works. And then I talked to some of the guys on his staff that I was friends with before, like Ed Fillion, Craig Dickinson, Mike Shepard. I said, you guys must be able to keep up with him if he's working 21 hours a day. They said, we take shifts. We rotate to keep up with Jonesy. So nobody's going to beat him, like you say. Uh, I haven't seen a work ethic in anybody in my 18 years like his in the CFL. But, you know, one thing I talked to our team president about him, Craig Reynolds, who, by the way, that was a pretty gutsy move, that, you know, firing Corey Chamberlain and Brennan Tamman like he did just before Labor Day last year, and then coming into Edmonton and taking Chris Jones away a week after they won the Great Cup. And he said he thinks Chris Jones is in the top ten most intelligent people he's ever met in his life. And I'm not telling Edmonton people anything they don't know because you've had him for the last two years. But the one thing in the chats we've had, he goes, I don't know where I've got this reputation of being such a hard ass. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> Um, so maybe you do read, uh, but he's, he's, what I like about him is he treats us in our role with unlimited respect and anything we need, we get from him. It, it's been good so far. Now all he's, all he's, all he's got to do is win. And that may be a tough proposition right out of the gate because of the 85 players in camp, 60 are new Jeez. to this football team. So there's a lot of coming together. That needs to be done and not a lot of time. Well, and that and that leads me into the, the, the last point I want to get to you, Rod, because look, last year Saskatchewan was was three and fifteen. And I and I don't think you could argue with that record. And I know injuries were a part of it at some key positions too, but but they did not play well. They did not finish a lot of games when they had a lead or or were close. They they weren't a very good fourth quarter team. Well, I think they even weren't a very good second quarter. Weren't they up 18 nothing on the Eskimos one second quarter and then they were behind by halftime, something like that? I don't that? know. I've watched yeah. most of it, to yeah. be honest with you. So I, I know fans, and I know a lot of Ryder fans listen to this show, and I, know, and I know hopes are high, but, I mean, is it realistic to get to five? I mean, not a lot of teams go from 3-15 and 15 to 13-5. and five. Is a 500 season realistic? Will fans say, okay, that's a good first year for Jones? Will they accept that if that's what happens? I think so. I mean, you got to remember six wins would be a 100% improvement, but it wouldn't even get you into the playoffs, I don't think. And when I, we asked our president, what, what do you think this team needs to achieve this year? He said, simply make the playoffs. I'm not the most objective guy when it comes to the fortune of the Rough Riders or predictions, obviously. So I've talked to other guys in the league that I trust, other GMs and so forth and coaches, and they think that 9-9 nine and nine is a realistic attainable record for this football team so but they're, they're going to start slow here's the story in saskatchewan if they start 0-2 and 0-3 which is very realistic they got the argos and the eskimos in their first two games how's the rider nation going to react because they are still bubbling under the surface like molten lava with the release of john chick and weston dressler and chris gets left those guys are massive franchise legends like george reed and ron lancaster if this team stumbles out of the gate there's a lot of fans ready to jump on Jones. I don't think he'll care, but it, the temperature can get pretty hot in Saskatchewan if you're not winning football games. So uh, I hope for their sake they do have a good start. Well, and even though they don't play Winnipeg early, if Dressler has 300 yards receiving and two kick return touchdowns in the first four games for Winnipeg, that might affect the temperature too. But it is going to be interesting. Another great storyline and a little more fuel to an already heated rivalry between the Eskimos and the Rough Riders for sure. Rod, I will let you get back to your CFL binging and following the Blue Jays on Twitter and whatever else is you're doing tonight. I really appreciate that you had time to chime in tonight. Thanks for calling, Reed. Call anytime. 
right on. That is Rod Peterson on the other end of the line here on Inside Sports. Play-by-play voice for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I expect there will be booze for Chris Jones uh, tomorrow. But, uh, you know, I was, I was talking about this with with Brandon and Andrew at, at the end of the afternoon news. I'm not as myself as an Eskimos fan, and I am also an Edmonton Eskimos season ticket holder. Remember that. And I will attend the game tomorrow. And I do want the Eskimos to win, but I'm more watching for individual performances, how some of the starters play, some of the position battles. If the scoreboard's in favor of the green and gold at the end of the day, great. If it's in favor of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I don't count that as a one-up for Chris Jones since he left. I'll wait till the game's counting the standings for that. You can let me know how you feel by texting 630-630. The open line is 780-496-0063. An Oilers note today, they have re-signed forward Tyler Pitlick to a one-year two-way contract. The Calgary Flames have hired Glenn Gullitson as their new head coach. He's going to join us later on in the show. We're back to update something very special that we hear at Course Entertainment and 630 Chad did today. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. 13-2, the Blue Jays leading the Orioles in the middle of the seventh. The Blue Jays scored seven times in the fourth inning. Michael Saunders has hit three home runs this evening. He has three homers and eight driven in. Sanchez is on the hill doing pretty well. He's allowed seven hits in six innings. He struck out six, but you don't talk about the pitching as much when the offense has scored 13 times. We will keep you updated. Reed Wilkins with you. This portion of the show presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can check them out online at actionfurnace.ca. All right. Well, a a great morning today. Uh, I got up, drove up to Spruce Grove for the Gary Dreger Golf Classic. Of course, that's to benefit 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, which we're so proud to be a part of. But no one works as hard as Lana Nordland, who joins us now. Lana, thanks for making time for us on uh, Inside Sports. And I'm just going to say thank you for including me in everything this morning. I, I know we we had a, a full card of golfers again, and uh, and everything just, just I, I thought just just went so well. So so thank you. And and how was the day in your mind? The day in my mind was was fantastic. We uh, we sold out whole sponsorships. We sold out with players. The rain held out. Everything worked fantastically. The the chorus radio staff just really comes through on this. Uh, the the sales staff and and the promotion department, especially Cassandra, just puts everything together. Santa's us and our volunteers. We show up and we we give a helping hand, and in the end, we get a nice big fat check for to buy some toys. So it's it's wonderful day wonderful day and how did we do that how did we do with that today uh we're just verifying everything but it looks like it's over twenty two thousand pushing twenty three thousand dollars so it's uh it's it's wonderful it's it's just it's a a lovely uh community program that we have with this golf tournament we have people that have been golfing in it for you know 21 out of the 23 years or however long that you know it's been going on and you see new faces and you see returning faces and people wearing their their retire that were and having their gifts that they received in previous years but it's it's just it's just so fun to come together with this this community and people that do it all because of the kids 
Well, and this is a good reminder. I mean, we're about as far from in the midpoint of the year here, so as far from Christmas as you can be. But I think this is a reminder that, that we do have people like you who work for Santa's Anonymous very hard year-round, and, and we're always trying to, you know, generate funds and, and bring in toys and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I guess I just want to leave it open for you to a reminder for people can, to if they want to help now or if they're thinking about helping as, as we get closer to Christmas, uh, how could they possibly get involved or find out more information? Well, we do have things that happen, like the golf ter- tournament in what we call the off-season. Uh, next month, we are the charity of choice for the Color Me Rad race, and so we do require some volunteers for that. You can go to santasanonymous.ca and sign up for that. You just have to be 14, don't have to have any previous uh, experience. Uh, then we've got uh, an event at Castle Raceway in September, and we've got the Motorcycle Toy Ryan in September, and we'll also be moving into our new home. So we'll be uh, announcing uh, an open house for that. We do accept donations year-round, so people can always drop them off at the radio station at uh, 5204 84th Street. And, of course, uh, you can always donate online. We, ha- we, we still get donations, Read, We get donations every week. Somebody drops something off at the radio station. It's uh, in lieu of receiving birthday gifts, or uh, we were named uh, in a will when somebody passes away. You, just, you, you don't know the impact that a charity like this has had over the generations because we've been around for 60 years, and people just know that in the end it's about the kids. Lana, well said. I was so glad that you included me today. I know you and your staff did all the work, but it was great to be there. Proud to have you as a co-worker, and you do such great work for Santa's Anonymous. Again, santasanonymous.ca. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sports. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Oh, a little Samuel Hagar from the Footloose soundtrack. Well, we, we play some oldies on this show. Yes, speaking of Father's Day, my dad's going to be on the show tonight in about an hour or so, a little over an hour. Wrap up our Father's Day theme. People were telling me you got to have your own dad dad on, so I'm going to have my old my my own dad on. I mean, I can remember being a kid in the early '80s and my dad listening to music from the '60s, and I'm thinking, well, that's that's old music. Like that is some old music. And now, what year is it? 2016, I want to say. And I listen to a lot of music from the 1980s, which is older than the music I used to think was old. But to me, it's like, no, no, it's just just came out. It's, you know, it's from when I was a teenager. Oh, no, that's pretty new. That's still pretty new. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Panashik. I do, Reed. You know... You probably don't. You're like, what, 24? 30. I'm 30 now. Oh, I'm an old man. The big 3-0. Um, for me, I listen to 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and anything, pretty much, I listen to. But a lot of it is uh, classic rock. Van Halen, like stuff you're into. Def Leppard. Love the Halen. Love yeah. the Leopard. Yeah. We may have we may have some uh, Van Halen fans listening right now. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, you notice I played Van Halen last commercial, then I played Sammy Hagar this commercial. So I I I, I know if there's one gentleman if he's listening, because he's a big Van Halen fan, he'll he'll text in if he's listening. That's all I'm gonna say. 
That's all I'm going to say. He knows who he is. Uh, it is 7.35. It is inside sports on 6.30, Chad. Tyler Pitlick re-signs with the Edmonton Oilers. You can get the details on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Saunders, three dingers for the Blue Jays. They are cruising up 13-2 on Baltimore in the top of the eighth, and they're threatening to score more runs. We will see how that goes. Eskimos and Rough Riders tomorrow at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. The game will start at 2, but you'll want to turn it into 630Ched at 12.30 because that's when our pregame show will start. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell... Blake Dermott, Brendan Ulrich, all part of the action. Obviously, it's been such a tough time for Fort McMurray, but Sport Central helping out today. They are uh, launching a big equipment drive to uh, to, to collect and distribute sports equipment to those in need. CCM donating $200,000 today, and uh, a local NHLer playing with the Colorado Avalanche has been lending his help to Sports Central for quite a while now, and I'm pleased to welcome to the Inside Sports for the first time defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche, Nick Holden. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Well, thanks a lot for making time for us today, and man, pretty big deal this afternoon with those those donations to Sport and Fort McMurray to Fort McMurray minor hockey i mean as an as an alberta guy just what's it been like for you following that that fort mcmurray story yeah i mean it's uh obviously uh i was down in denver when it happened but um coming back and even the, the exposure that was down in the u.s and obviously worldwide just uh it's been it's been uh close to home and uh you kind of know guys uh, from that area or who have played uh, hockey up in that area and uh, it's just amazing and and crazy to see obviously what had happened and all the people that had to be evacuated and and people that have lost their their homes and uh, personal stuff and uh, also it's uh, amazing to see the the su- support from uh, really everywhere uh, but especially from kind of the Alberta area uh, is just amazing. Nick how long have you been involved with Sports Central now? Uh, I've been with Fort Central for for a few years, um, a little bit more directly the last few years, uh, just with uh, being able to to help them out a little bit, uh, get into the NHL, uh, being able to use my my sponsorship and stuff like that to kind of help those guys and obviously to try and get their name out there a little bit more to the community. In in terms of, it, it seems like you're the type of guy who approaches part of your job as a pro athlete is to connect in communities I know that I've, I've read stories about you providing tickets to children's charities for uh, avalanche home games in Denver you remain involved in Sports Central back in, in your hometown here how come you, I mean you've you really seem like you've you've made that 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 decision how come you decided to make that an important part of, of what you do you, you staying involved in some stuff away from the rink yeah, I mean, obviously, growing up, sports was such a big thing for me, and um, obviously, getting to to the level that I've been able to get to, um, I just I'd like to kind of, especially, I mean, with Sports Central, uh, you're able to touch people that normally wouldn't be able to to have the chance to play uh, certain sports, and so it's a great organization to be to be with, but um, also. Uh, kind of God's blessed me and given me this opportunity and and give me what I have and so to be able to give back and give to other people that obviously don't get the opportunities that 
that I've been able to to have that uh, that's what's kind of driven me to to do what I've done with uh, the opportunity that I've been given. Colorado Avalanche defenseman Nick Holden joining us tonight inside sports on 6:30. Chad, got to ask you a, a couple of questions about uh, about your season. I mean, the, the Avalanche had that really good season uh, a, a couple of a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, got into the playoffs, and then you know, maybe the last couple of years have, have uh, been a little tougher. How do you, how do you look at sort of your, uh, I guess, about two and a half years in, in Denver? How far away do you feel you are to where you guys would like to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're that far off. Um, obviously, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, everything was just, with the organization, it seemed like a fresh, fresh start. And for me, it was a fresh start. It was my first year with them. But um, just going into that where Patrick was there and then Joe came around and uh adam foot was helping out so it seemed like a lot of the old guys that had won there were trying to bring that that culture and that mentality back to that team and um that first year there was so much excitement and obviously we had uh such a good year and it seemed like everything was going going in for us and um obviously the the playoffs didn't go as we had planned but um it was a good good experience and then the last couple of years um I mean, I think we've been close. Um, we just need to find maybe a little more consistency in our game and and add maybe one or two guys, and then we're right there. I, I don't think we're that far off. Um, I know that's the feeling that we have in our locker room is that um, we are as good as any other team in this league. And so um, we just obviously, I think this year, we had a little bit of a slow start and a bad finish. and. Like I said, if we can find the consistency in our game to be good the whole way, that's what's uh, going to be the difference for us. I, I have to ask you because he was one of my favorite athletes to watch when he played because he uh, could be a little outgoing and fiery sometimes, and we've seen that in, in some of your games with, with him on the bench. What's Patrick Waugh like as a coach? Uh, he's great. I mean, you see the fiery side of him um, from when he played maybe come out more with the refs or the calls uh, on the ice and stuff like that. He doesn't really bring that too much uh, to us. There are obviously times when a, when a coach kind of snaps a little bit, but he's actually a very uh, talkative coach, players coach. Um, I thought the same thing going in there. I was like, oh, boy, we're going to get chewed out and screamed at a lot here, and that wasn't the case. He uh, – he likes to talk to his players and have players' input and stuff like that, which has um, been great, great for uh, the players there and uh, obviously myself. I got to ask you one more about one of your teammates because there's a lot of speculation around his future. And by no, I'm not going to ask you to be an armchair GM because I know that's not your uh, your field of expertise. But, <laughs> but I do want to ask you about Tyson Berry and what your kind of scouting report would be of your teammate because he's had a couple very special offensive seasons here 53 points and then 49 and whenever he's played here in Edmonton he's, he seemed to have a big game yeah for sure uh this year I was actually uh deep part partners with him all year and um kind of got to know his game a little bit more obviously from playing with him and uh like you said he is one of the best offensive defensemen in the league, I think. And obviously people give him a, a little bit of a bad rap 
uh, with his defensive side of his game. Um, I personally, just from playing with him, I don't think his defensive side of the game is is as bad as people say or think. Um, he he does press offensively, but that's kind of what our team wants from him is to be jumping up and pushing the play and uh, being real good in transition, and uh, that's something that he brings. So, um, like you said, for some reason when we come to Edmonton, he's he's had good nights and. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I think. And I think he's probably one of the premier offensive guys in the league. Yeah, well, he's certainly shown it. And Nick, you've shown a lot of class by being involved with Sports Central and, and helping out with everything for Fort McMurray today. Really appreciate your time. Enjoy your summer. And thanks for checking in on Inside Sports. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem. That is Nick Holden, defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. He mentioned he plays with Tyson Berry. A lot of speculation about Tyson Berry. Maybe, maybe being moved by the Avalanche, though Joe Sackick has said that is not going to happen. But yeah, Nick also at the news conference today as Sports Central putting together an equipment drive to help people in Fort McMurray. Now, Fort McMurray minor hockey got a bit of a boost today, courtesy of uh, Sports Central and CCM as they try to keep that sport going for kids. We're going to find out exactly how the Fort McMurray minor hockey community has been affected with the president of the Minor Hockey Association, Travis Galanzowski. He's up next on Inside Sport. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 749 Inside Sports on 630. Chad Michael Saunders grounded into a double play. He doesn't get to add to his eight RBI total tonight. Three homers. Toronto up 13-2 on Baltimore. That game now in the top of the ninth CFL preseason action this evening. Montreal leads Toronto 15-3 early in the second half. Hamilton out in front of Ottawa 28-14. That one is halfway through the third quarter. The Calgary Flames have hired Glenn Gullitson to be their new head coach. He is on the show in about 20 minutes from now. Right now, I want to welcome the president of the Fort McMurray Minor Hockey Association, Travis Galenzowski, as the Fort McMurray Minor Hockey Association getting a little bit of help today. Travis, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, thanks for making time for us today. We know the last couple of months here have been tough for residents of Fort McMurray and, and the fallout continues, but Sports Central stepping forward to help uh, Fort McMurray minor hockey today. Travis, can you give us the, the nuts and bolts of what's happening and why it's significant? Well, so Sports Central and has, has worked uh, with CCM, and CCM has stepped up and, and uh Donated, uh, you know, I think in excess of two hundred thousand dollars of, of uh, new sport, new and new sports gear to put with alongside Sports Central's um, gently used gear and uh, in their equipment drive for the North. And we, um, 
you know, it started, it's all happened inside of 30 days uh, with United Cycle and, and uh, Sports Central and, uh, and CCM. So it's, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, I'll tell you. Well, it, it sounds like it. What, I mean, did you, did you have a sense of how many kids, how many players in Fort McMurray minor hockey are, are going to need equipment? It's got to be, it's got to be massive. So, so what I did with with uh, our minor hockey association is I um, and and understand this is just the minor hockey association. Uh, these kids are also enrolled in ball and and uh, in football and and all the rest of it. So, through the minor hockey association, we pulled the registration numbers for last year and uh, you know did a bit of a cross reference with the with the the maps that the, the government put out, and um, we were able to determine that. Uh, out of our, you know, 1,130 kids that are registered in Fort McMurray, which are 936 families, you know, in all total, um, of those 936 families, there were 60 families that are affected um, directly. And, and inside those 60 families, that's 78 kids. So, uh, you know, about, you know, just really rough math, about 6, 6.5% of our, of our association uh, has direct effect. Well, wow. Okay. So, well, it's great you guys are, are getting some help because obviously it it's much needed. Uh, Travis, is there a sense of is everything good to going to be good to go for minor hockey in Fort McMurray? Are all the arenas okay? You know, or is is logistically everything going to be able to operate that that needs to operate so kids can keep playing in the fall? Well, you know, that was one of the questions that uh, you know I imagine a lot of people were asking uh, as they were leaving Fort McMurray and then sitting outside in other communities waiting and watching from afar is what happens to sport in our in our community and you know you, you watch uh, how the, the kids got accepted into ball programs you know our minor our minor ball program the, the they had some the games out here uh, you know there was a great sense of uh, you know acceptance in in other communities now looking backwards you know uh i was into frank lacroix myself that's for our home arena and and we're working with the with the um municipal government to uh i don't know when or uh you know i have no idea about the um when frank lacroix would be back open again uh, because of its physical location in the beacon hill community but um building wise the fire went right around it and two schools up there. So outside of, uh, you know, kitchen spoils uh, and the ice melting out of it, uh, the, the the arena is in great shape. Uh, you know, I imagine there's some stuff that uh, that's hidden to the naked eye, but, you know, it didn't receive any fire damage. It didn't receive any, any heat damage. There is some smoke, of course, because it was right in the middle. And, you know, uh, so now speaking on a minor hockey association, uh, we had two sea cans out uh, beside the arena that we had storage for our, for uh, 70, you know, 70 sets of jerseys for, for our kids. And, um, and that was a, one of my key areas of, of interest when I first got back was what does our jerseys look like? Cause that's a huge expense for our association. And one of the, you know, one pretty big uh, element of, of, having hockey again so luckily our our uh, sea cans and our jerseys are untouched we we're, we're sending them away for for uh, uh cleaning and sanitizing but we're, we're we're in real good shape for putting hockey on in the fall okay that being, 
that being said, I, we're, we're um, you know, we're going to be working with the with our, our ice allocation and getting arenas up and running. You know, the lots lots of people. You know, even as early as last uh, last weekend, we saw I saw uh, one of the arenas at Mac Island, another arena, another facility in town. Um, they were flooding flooding the uh, arena surface. So uh, that's encouraging to see that uh, we're starting to get our, our facilities are starting to open back up again. And just to wrap up, Travis, what can you say about the response? the generosity of, you mentioned CCM, you mentioned Sports Central, and the help not just for hockey but for all sports in Fort McMurray. I mean, it's been a terrible time for the for the city, tough time for the residents, obviously, but what can you say about what you've seen coming from other areas of, of the province and, and just dealing with it that way? Resounding. Uh, I, I just, it's just overwhelming the the amount of support that we're receiving. Um, you know, day number two after after uh, evacuation, I was approached by Hockey Alberta. Um, you know, help, offering uh, support for the association to help manage. Uh, you know, putting getting hockey back into the community. Um, you know, you know, Sports Central, uh, CCM. Like, it's just, it's amazing that. There is so much support in this community for sports in general. Um, it, it, it's, it's just overwhelming. I have no other words to describe it, really. Well, Travis, I know there's still a lot of work to do, but I think this is a, a big step today, and, and I'm glad to hear it sounds pretty positive for kids to be able to play in the fall. Thank you so much for giving us some details here on Inside Sports. All right. Very good. Thanks. Travis Galanzoski, President, Fort McMurray Minor Hockey Association. The Sport for the North Equipment Drive. Check out unitedcycle.com, Sports Central website as well if you'd like to pitch in. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. We're coming up to the 8 o'clock news. The Calgary Flames have a new head coach, Glenn Gullitson. You will hear from him between 8 and 8.30 tonight. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.